What's up, my friends? Michael Hoffman here. Welcome back to the Launch into Freedom podcast. This is already episode number 42. And today I'm super excited to present to you one of the most influential people in the YouTube marketing world. And this is Marley Jacks. Marley Jacks is the CEO of Jacks Productions, a content marketing agency. And they work with their clients to discover the power of implementing an infinite cash flow system inside each of their businesses, build an effortless high ticket customer ascension. And Molly's roster of clients includes such legendary thought leaders as Christy Codred, Alex Sharfin, Damon John, you may know him from the show Shark Tank, and Steven Larson. And she also shared the stage with Russell Brunson, Tony Robbins, Tom Bilyeu, and expert marketers like Frank Kern. And in our interview today, we talk a lot about video marketing and why it is so important to actually jump onto the YouTube train right now. Because a lot of times we think it is already too late to be successful on YouTube and to actually use YouTube as a traffic source in your business. Because we see all those massive influencers and people making money off of YouTube. And we think we are not ready for that. We are too late, maybe. We can't use YouTube for our business. And Molly does a really good job in breaking those false beliefs and actually putting it into perspective what happens if you are maybe not confident enough to jump in front of the camera or you maybe don't know what to talk about. And before we get started with the interview, I encourage you to really listen to the end of this interview because Molly has a very powerful tagline that will change the way you do Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives, YouTube videos, anything video related, and it will take it to the next level. All right, so without further ado, let's roll the theme song and enjoy the interview with Marley Jacks. You sometimes wonder how other experts online always almost effortlessly create six-figure launches, although you have way more knowledge, expertise, and grid, and all you hear on your launch day is crickets? In today's fast-paced society, outdated strategies like launch and day will buy don't really work anymore. Attention is the ultimate instrument of power and leverage online. More often than not, it's not the most talented or the hardest worker who stands out. It's the loudest, the one who can create the most attention who wins the game online. We are the agents of change who learn to proven pre-launch strategies used by the biggest companies in the world to build deep connections and create lasting freedom for ourselves and our audiences. My name is Michael Hoffman and you're listening to Launch Into Freedom. Welcome back, everybody, to the Launch Into Freedom podcast. I am super excited today because with me today is Marley Jacks. And Marley, before we start with the interview, I ask every podcast guest uh, the same question. What does freedom mean to you? Freedom. Uh, the ability to do whatever I want, whenever I want. And creative freedom is also a big thing for me. That creative freedom means that I need to have the space to create. Yeah, that's a fun question. Just being able to to do the thing that you feel like you're meant to do. Awesome. Awesome. So for everyone, for the five people that listen that don't know Marley, Marley is the expert when it comes to video marketing, YouTube marketing. But for everyone that is not into online marketing and the people who don't know you, can you just give us like your short two to three minute origin story so we kind of are up to speed where you come from and what you do right now? 
Um, so I started my business kind of on the side when I was in my nine to five as a dental hygienist. It was kind of a, a boring profession to be in, uh, nothing against it, just not, not too much creative freedom, speaking of which. Um, so between patients, I started doing their social media at the dental office just so that I had, you know, a creative outlet for myself and, um, their social media was doing really well. Like we got some good results and new clients, new patients coming into the office and their IT guy was like, Hey, would you be interested in doing social media for some of my other clients? Well, next thing I know, he's referred me to all of his clients and I have a business that I didn't even know that you could really like make money doing this. Um, and so I started, you know, taking on social media and learning how to be able to, to do this as a service for other local businesses. And from there, I found that um, my clients were often asking me similar questions. And instead of answering them over and over, I started making some YouTube videos just to answer them. Well, the next thing I know there is that some of those videos really started to take off. Like people from the other side of the world were finding those videos or emailing me or asking me other questions, asking me to make videos on another similar topic. And so I wondered, could I do this again? Could I do this on purpose? And could I do this for my clients? So then that little social media side hustle turned into having a full-blown YouTube video marketing agency. Awesome. Awesome. And from there, you kind of yeah expanded basically your business. But when we take a step back, a lot of, a lot of health and wellness experts are kind of struggling with the idea to actually create content on YouTube. I think it's, it looks very overwhelming. So can you give us a little elevator pitch why YouTube is actually still beneficial? Because I feel like a lot of people think that, okay, YouTube is old news. Um, it's like Facebook and um, it's going away soon. Uh, no, not old news. It's tried and true and it has a very strong foundation and it's not going anywhere. Um, and it's not like Facebook because YouTube is a search engine. So it's nothing like Facebook because you can search for the content that you're looking for. And when people search for content and find your videos, we're already at an unfair advantage because we know that they are problem aware. They're already warm to wanting the solution that we have to provide. With Facebook, you could do a Facebook Live. And how long does that last? Maybe like a day, maybe two, unless you put some ad spend into it, which means you have to keep renting attention instead of owning it, which is what you can do on YouTube. You can create content that can be discoverable for years. I have videos that I made in 2016 that are still getting like tens of thousands of views every single week. They follow me on other social media platforms because of it. They click the link in the description and come into my funnels. And if I had known that earlier, I would have started earlier. So for anyone that's saying like, oh, it's old news. No, you're just not utilizing it. And you're going to wish that, you were, that you'd started 10 years ago. That's the great thing about YouTube. I think, as you mentioned, it lives there forever. Um, I feel like when I search for search terms in inside of YouTube, I find videos that are on there since like 2014, 2013. They're still getting views and they rank high. So the lifespan of a video on there is much longer than any other social media platform. So before people get started, I think one of the biggest obstacles or the biggest false beliefs that people have is that I need to be super confident in front of camera and I'm like too shy. Um, I'm kind of scared to to talk to the camera. And I heard you say, I think it was a year ago or so, something like, why are you afraid or why are you scared of a piece of plastic and metal? Right. So <laughs> why, like, can, can you like expand on that a little bit? Like, how can someone overcome this fear or like, yeah, be confident enough to be on camera? 
Yeah, that's one that I like to go to that when they say they're afraid of the camera, I'm like, it's a piece of metal and plastic. You're not afraid of that. But let's be real about what the real fear is. It's stepping out of your comfort zone. It's the fear of being judged. You're going to be judged anyway, no matter what, whether you're doing something that you love or, or that you don't love. So what's what's the difference? Like do something that's going to support you in your growth and in your development and also in serving the people that are looking for content just like yours. So people saying that they are you know, not confident enough or they that's definitely it's a huge excuse that will hold people back. But what I recommend doing is you got to start because when you start, that's how you find your voice. And if you look at Gary Vaynerchuk, who you can look at now and think, oh, he's got millions of people following him. He's huge. Where do you think he came from? If you go back, like scroll all the way back to the beginning of his YouTube channel, he had a show called Wine Library TV. And when he was creating it, when it was kind of, when it was new, there weren't many people watching, but he kept publishing the content, kept creating the content and finding his voice. And now look at him, he has 5 million followers. So you have to do this to find your voice. And you don't always get to see the 10,000 hours someone puts in to become the expert they are today, but that's how you find your voice. You got to create the content for you and your audience. When you say that we got to show up and that we just got to try and, and like, yeah, get the reps in. Like I'm a professional athlete. Like I know that you have to just get the reps in. And I think with being on camera, it's the same thing, but we also talk a lot about, we want to attract the right kind of people to our content. We want to attract our dream clients. So I always have a hard time just creating content for, for content's sake, basically. So I feel like there always has to be an intention behind it. So, so what's your take on that? People think, okay, I have to publish like 90 days in a row. When you were saying like you want to attract the right audience, it's also about being the right person on camera. So I think that self-awareness is going to be a really important thing before you turn the camera on and hit record is talking about things that that actually matter that you, or that you're also not trying to be someone that you're not talking about something that interests you so that you're not just kind of being the preachy teacher at the front of the classroom who has no kind of emotional connection to what you're talking about. Share your story, share why the topic matters to you and why you're the authority or or the friend on the other side of the on the other side of the camera who's who's sharing this content. Um, and when I look back at the beginning of my YouTube channel, that's where I was trying to find my voice. And um, I think I kind of come across a little more buttoned up and strict than uh, maybe I want to be. Now I hope that I come across as like relaxed and friendly and uh, playful, some humor in there. And that's how I want to come across. But you know what? That's also going to evolve as I do and as my content does. So I really think, like you said, it's putting in the reps and it's also studying what works and what doesn't. Like, I know that I want to write books someday. Well, the first step to me writing a book is writing a paragraph and then that paragraph turning into a page and finding my voice in my writing too, which can come from practicing by reading what I've written by editing it, seeing what I liked, maybe what I didn't like, what I want to rewrite, and also reading other people's work. Um, what are the things that caught my attention? What are the things that made me want to put the book down? And same thing goes for videos. What, what videos or pieces of content do you watch that keeps you captivated? And which one would you rather be watching a cat video or something? Um, so studying and observing your own behavior, whether it's your own video or someone else's video, um, that's going to help you so much in your development too. So what do you think is like a good balance? Because I feel like when you type into YouTube, how to start a YouTube channel, 
like the first thing people tell you, okay, you have to create content that is searchable and discoverable. I feel like a lot of times we get lost in like this very search term focused content and kind of lose ourselves because we try to basically fit into the algorithm. Like what is the healthy balance there and how can someone achieve that? That's a great question because definitely there's some some just kind of structured how-to kind of titles. But in that, that's where instead of just sharing the tactical how-to, I'd share a story of why this matters or or how you got to this outcome. Like if I'm talking about one of my, maybe one of my videos is about how to script a YouTube video, which is a very common question, also so important to the success of a YouTube channel that people are actually watching. Well, I could share what I just did about my first videos. I was really buttoned up and sounded like a preachy kindergarten teacher at the front of the classroom with no emotional connection to this video. And those videos, I could even like show a little snippet of it, like wah, wah, how boring. I don't even like, I cringe watching my old videos, but you know what? That's just part of growing this skill. Like you might always look back at your videos and have cringy moments, but this, this formula I'm going to teach you in this video can help you to avoid that. So let's get into it. And then in that, I can share what life was like before having this formula, what life is like now and give some examples and give some social proof. And I always like to inject humor wherever I can, because I feel like that brings down people's barriers or roadblocks. So that's also a really important thing in my videos is, is injecting heart and humor. Awesome. I love that. And I follow your videos on YouTube and you do a, an amazing job at that. I think it's not mechanical at all. And just like kindergarten teacher anymore. Um, so one thing you always, you talk a lot about on your social media and also when, when people follow you on your, on your YouTube videos is creating an evergreen lead flow with your YouTube videos. I think that's a, that's a big selling point of, of, or like a big talking point in your content. How does someone create an evergreen lead flow? Because I feel, I know YouTube is a platform that place to that evergreen format, but I think you need also need to structure your content in a certain way. Yeah. When you can look at your videos and see them as like real estate on the internet, like imagine that this is internet property. This is attention that you own instead of, like I said, that you rent. Renting attention would be like Facebook ads where you have to keep putting money into it to show up. But when you understand, which you kind of touched on, that YouTube is a search engine and that people are searching for solutions to their problems. And you could be titling your video the exact way that people are searching for them and your video could show up at the top of search. Then in those videos, once people discover the videos, then our next goal is to get people to continue watching the videos and that we've planted seeds in there for them to show them the possibility of what this could look like, of, of what, what you know, success they can have if they implement this. And that we can be part of help of that journey and helping them get that success if they click the link in the description, or maybe they they download our free ebook or join our free challenge or low ticket challenge, something like that. So the idea is that you have all of these videos that are showing up in search, meaning they're evergreen, that these videos do not disappear. And the leads discover you, they come and they watch your video, and then there's a next step. It's not like you don't ghost them at the end of the video and just be like, all right, there you go. Bye. We ask, like, if you're, if you're on a date with someone and you want to see them again, you ask for the second date. So that's the call to action where you can lead them to another video. You can um, lead them to a link in the description where that's the most ideal is you lead them to a link in the description. That's going to get them to a lead magnet or a low ticket offer 
that then is going to get them on the email list, which then is where you develop the relationship with them and can ascend them into your value ladder. So if you know that you could be making content that is discoverable on the search engine for years, like that's, that's an effort that the results are going to compound because again, like I said, I have videos from 2016 that are still generating leads for me today. The ads that I ran in 2016 are gone, never to be seen again. So YouTube is my favorite platform to be able to utilize for generating leads. Awesome. Awesome. And I hope a lot of the listeners here also took away some nuggets here and, and start their, their YouTube channel as well. So one thing that I just want to touch on real quick before we jump into the, the other topic that I want to talk about today is you had some t-shirts made, I think a while back with a hashtag stop the pop. <laughs> and yes. I thought that was really funny. And ever since I saw that, and every time I see an Instagram story or an Instagram live or a Facebook live, I can't not hear it now. So can you just explain real quick what's behind Stop the Pop and what people should do instead? I would love to. I've noticed, and this is just one of many habitual things that people do. And as I'm saying this, I also want people to, to have some self-awareness that, oh, maybe, maybe you do that. And I'm not criticizing. I'm also saying this from a place of, I did it. And if I can call it out, and if I can be aware of my own behavior, I can choose to change it. Or if this works for you, then go ahead. But have you ever noticed that so many videos, whether it's a Facebook Live or Instagram story, hey guys, just popping in here real quick, just jumping on real fast, just hopping in. And I wondered, why are we popping and jumping and hopping? And it almost seems like, it's almost like the person ramping up to actually say what they're trying to say. It's like that lead in, instead of just showing up powerfully with like, today I want to tell you about this and like really capturing their attention. And if you think of like Russell Brunson talks about hook story offer, it's not just popping in real quick to hook story offer. And also when I hear just popping in real quick, it almost sounds like an apology. Like I'm just popping in real quick. I'm just going to, I'm just subtly going to show up on your timeline. Don't worry. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. No, like you are here creating this content. That's going to make an impact on people. Don't pop in. Don't apologize for taking up space on the timeline and just lead right with the point that you want to make. So that became a, a funny little phrase saying inside of my community where we said, stop the pop. Cause a lot of people recognize, oh shoot, I do that too. And a lot of reason why we do it is because we see it. We see tons of people doing it. We take on that habit. So there's nothing wrong with it, but just think of the, the kind of subconscious text uh, that you want to show up with that go right in with your powerful message. Don't be apologetic. It almost feels like you're devaluing almost like what you're about to say. Like yeah. you're apologizing. Like, I'm sorry I interrupt your day and I interrupt your experience on Instagram, but let me tell you about this real quick. And if you don't want to listen to it, don't worry, keep swiping. Yeah, it's very passive. I love it. I love Stop the Pop and I can't unhear it now. Like every time I see it on- There's more, there's so much more. Even just like, I, hey guys, I am so excited today. Are you really? Like we all say that, but maybe let's use different words. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. I hope people notice that and recognize that and are a little maybe more self-aware moving forward. So I want to shift gears here before we wrap this interview up. And I read a fact the other day that the average course completion rate of an online course is 
So 5% of people who sign up or buy an online course or an online program uh, actually finish it. So um, I was wondering why, and I was doing some research into your signature program, the VIP code, and I didn't sign up for it, but I noticed that you have certain elements in there that actually make it easier and more fun for people to actually complete the course. So can you explain a little bit what's behind that? And maybe we get some takeaways for, for our listeners who also want to create courses that people actually complete. Well, I didn't know that the percentage was that low, 5%. That's pretty crazy. And, and I'm guilty of it. I've bought courses that I haven't completed or that maybe I didn't even log into and had good intentions, but uh, didn't actually follow through. And I feel like as a, as a content creator, as a course creator, as a coach, we know that our content is, is going to help people, is going to make an impact and then spread that impact. So I knew that when I was creating the VIP code that I wanted to gamify it so that I could, so that I could help people to win, help people to get the results. And almost, it's almost like ethically bribing them to take action and see those results. So inside of our modules, what we do is every single module, we have a, we have it a, we call it a calling my shot campaign, where it's like a done for you campaigns for here's what we've just taught you. Here's now how to implement it. And when they implement that, we have a little form where they submit it so that they can also get some personalized feedback on it. And they earn a pin. So when they sign up, we give them this lanyard. And then we have shiny pins for every single module. Because when you complete it, you get the IT's saying, I don't want you to get shiny object syndrome. So I'm literally sending you shiny objects so that you will take action and get results and win. And then there's other prizes along the way. There's like t-shirts and there's awards, plaques and um, trophies and things like that for when they also get quantifiable results, not just taking the action. And it has been so fun. Our clients are completing more of the program than we have ever seen in the past. They are also getting the results because they're taking action. It's not one of those things, like I said, that you just, you, you'd never open it or, or implement any of it. Um, we've also implemented inside of the Facebook group, these kind of leaderboards. It's called the VIP code, which stands for Video Impact Profit. And every Friday we post our VIP list of all the members in the program who have accomplished, like they've, they've published their videos that week. So we, um, we have our MVP list and our VIP list. So most videos published for like the people that have done the most. And then VIP, if you just published at all. We also roll up the red carpet for anyone who has uh, started their YouTube channel. So we celebrate that one day a week. And so every week we have this, you know, you, you get your pins, you get your awards. And then we also have a public acknowledgement, these leaderboards, which installs some healthy competition and also encouragement of come join us on the leaderboard next week. So it's been really fun to see people get results and take action. I love that concept, especially when you come from a competitive background. I feel like this is something that really motivates people. You see it every day when people run challenges. I feel like um, you see it in the fitness world where people run challenges. And if you accomplish your goal, you get your money back or you get some, some prize. So I feel like it's a brilliant idea, but it also sounds like it requires a lot of um, hands-on, hands-on support for the people, also a big team behind, yeah, organizing all of that, like the logistics and the Facebook group and the leaderboards and everything. So is that actually something that's also possible to do for like a solopreneur who's starting out maybe with her first online course. Mm -hmm. Well, the gamification, and it doesn't have to be to the level that we've done it, especially, you know, buying the pins and the lanyards and the t-shirts. 
that required an investment upfront of doing, of, of having all of that. So I would recommend for someone just starting out, make sure that you validated your offer that people buy this before maybe you invest in the stock. Um, but then when it comes to like sending out, you know, we, we have um, an employee that sends out the pins and the lanyards and the t-shirts and the prizes to our employees. And um, that's, that takes up a good amount of her time. We have to make sure that what we are creating is also going to pay for itself, like that we're, we're making an ROI on this, which I would say we certainly are because the people who are in this program, they're getting the results. And when they get those results, they're also more inclined to ascend in the value ladder and buy our higher ticket things, or more inclined to also recommend it to people. And then we have word of mouth people joining our program because it's, you know, highly has a good reputation. So for someone who's just starting out, they can gamify in other ways without maybe sending out physical things. Maybe it's more of like the leaderboards where you just, you know, recognize people. And there's ways that you can gamify with like badges and points, things that are virtual rather than physical. That's where I'd say um, to maybe hold back until you know that you have the financial investment. Awesome. I love that. I love that gamifying concept. And I feel like as soon as I have my online program ready, I definitely want to implement um, this concept as well. Marley, I really value your time. So to wrap things up, um, where can people find out more about you, where they can connect with you and maybe even find out more about the VIP code? Thank you. Yeah, well, um, I'd love for anyone to follow me on YouTube and Instagram, look up Marley Jacks, and I respond to all my direct messages on Instagram. So if you ever want to get in touch, please um, get in touch there. And uh, if one of people want to check out the VIP code, it would be awesome for them to come check out theVIPcode.com. Awesome. And I can prove, I am proof that Marley replies to every DM because that's how she ended up here on the podcast. I'm going to link everything in the description below as usual. Marley, thank you so much for being on the podcast this week. Thanks so much. All right, guys. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a shout out to everyone who took the 30 to 60 seconds that it takes to write a written review and rate this show on Apple Podcasts, who took the time out of their day to leave feedback and comments, who showed love and also gave some more insight why this show is worth listening to. You guys mean the world to me. I appreciate you so much and I don't take your support for granted. And I think it's just fair that I give you a shout out as well. So in the next episodes, I will feature some of our favorite reviews and comments that we get on this show. So if you want to be featured on the show as well and get your shout out and maybe even your Instagram handle mentioned, make sure you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave your two cents on the show.